What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Artist to Artist presented by Artist Republic. Today, we are chatting with a DJ known as My Bad. Originating from Colorado, My Bad is a master of dubstep in every sense of the word, drawing inspiration from iconic figures such as Zed's Dead and Skrillex. My Bad has an ear for heavy, melodic-driven bass line, crystal clear sound, and a huge trunk-rattling bass to top it all off. A sound so unique that has been noticed and played out by some of the biggest names in the scene. His recent release, EP titled Endure, has already gained over 100,000 streams on Spotify. In addition, his music has been featured in festivals such as EDC Las Vegas, Ultra Music Festival, Coachella, and plenty more. Also, don't forget, if you like this podcast, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. Christian over here said he'd personally send you a gift basket if you give us a five-star review. So, if you want a gift basket full of fun little gift stuff that I don't know what Christian's going to send, you should leave us a five-star review. Disclaimer, Christian is not sending gift baskets, so have a good day. Yo, can you hear There's me? your voice. Yeah, I can Yo. hear you. What's up, guys? Wielding melodic bass. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, I don't have a webcam, but... Um, oh, shit. All right. All right, Christian, get, get the funniest video you have from him and make that his icon for the rest of the YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> I could just, I mean, I could just pop up a picture, like your uh, press photo or something. Yeah, sorry, I don't have one on my PC yet. I have one on my Mac, but... It's no, it's all good, PC. man. Yeah, dude, no worries. Um, so obviously, Danny, you know me. Um, Nick here, he is the CEO of Artist Republic. And then yep. we have Sam here. She's our intern, so she's just going to be hanging out in the background, just kind of paying attention. Nice. To um, nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too, my man. So great to have you. Um, thanks for taking some time to do this. Um, oh, but yeah. I just, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get started, um, just kind of about having you give us kind of a brief overview and tell us your story. Tell us how you got to where you are now. Um, yeah, so uh, my name's Danny. Um, I go by artist name My Bad. Um, started this project um, probably two, around 2017. I used to go by the alias Tempest and I would just like for, uh, focus primarily on dubstep and like heavy bass music. And then um, as years kind of went on, I just realized that I just don't really have the love for the bass music anymore as much as I did back then. So I figured I needed a little bit of a change and um, I kind of just wanted to make an alias that is like open for everything, you know, like any genre, like anybody can listen to it. So that's why I kind of rebranded and took kind of like a lighter, not, not so serious name. Um, so I went with the my bad name. I felt like it was pretty like lighthearted and kind of funny. Um, so I could focus on making what I wanted to make instead of like what my fans expected me to make. Um, so that's that's kind of what the name I chose there and the rebrand. Um, otherwise, I've just been making now that I can make anything I want. Now that I'm not pigeonholed into like one genre, I can make whatever. And I've been happy. I've been a lot happier doing that, honestly. So. Um, All right. So I got, I got first question. I'm already claiming it, Christian. Um, this is something going off what you said. You said, I made my bad because I wanted to create the music that I wanted, not what my fans expected me. Do you think that that is like a common misconception, well, not misconception, a common problem across the music industry where you have these artists that 
love like being an artist you don't really have like you do it like one genre but like you don't have one genre um like people were so amazed and like san holo got up and played guitar it was like yes he's a musician he's an artist he's multi-dimensional um do you think like that that's a problem across the whole industry where you know you like listeners almost expect a certain genre out of a certain artist and so that artist doesn't have that creative control to do whatever they want and create the music they want yeah exactly so you pretty much just hit it on the head um i would release like trap or future bass under my previous alias and i kind of just noticed how um some of my fans in the soundcloud comments and like on facebook they'll kind of just be like what is this or like this isn't what I expected from you because I just would make like rhythm and dubstep. So I was like kind of irked by that, you know, because I just wanted my fans to like be more accepting of what I'm making regardless of what it is. So um, I saw I saw that going on for a couple of years and I was just like, you know what, I think it's time for a change because people are associating my name too much with um, what I make. So I kind of just want... Um, so like a good example, I guess, would be like Boombox Cartel or the Chainsmokers. Like they make really good um, pop songs, like feature bass tracks that everybody likes. But at the same time, like their live sets, they all have like super crazy bangers and yeah. they all like they just like that fun, you know. So like I don't want to be known as that guy who just like plays dubstep and rhythm. And like if you go see him live, he's just going to play like a super heavy set. I want people to go and have a good time and expect yeah. all different kinds of genres and um, expect like a whole kind of wide variety of things instead of just one genre. So that's yeah. kind of why I wanted to expand my creative creativity and uh, take a different route there. So yeah, you pretty much nailed it on the head on why I switched names. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually very true. I mean, I saw, I'm a perfect example of this. I saw Nightmare in 2015 and mm -hmm. I mean, what? Nightmare's public tracks have not changed styles at all. Um, but I saw Nightmare Live in 2015 and it was like all future bass. Yeah. Then I saw him in this past year in like around Christmas time and it was probably one of the hardest concerts I've ever been to. Yeah. Yeah. But his music online has not changed at all. Um so yeah, no, I, I get that completely. So yeah. Um but yeah, I always wonder that. So, you know, how have you obviously with the name change, but like how have you come overcome that and still try to retain a fan base um you know it's actually been pretty hard uh, i've noticed a lot of my numbers ever since i rebranded drop because i feel like um people didn't realize the change from um my, my previous alias to this one so it kind of felt like i was starting from zero i didn't mind that at all because that's kind of what you have to do if you want a newer fan base so um it's been a tough grind but i'm slowly getting back up there um starting to get some more support here and there but um definitely not as much support as when in my previous alias yeah. but um i'm slowly getting back out there like i'm releasing a whole bunch of stuff soon so after this corona stuff obviously um but i feel like it's been it felt like i was starting over like when i was 16 again and starting off as tempest like it literally feels like i started from zero i have no no followers on anything so it, do, it does feel kind of weird, though. Like, I would hit up my old friends and stuff, and honestly, they wouldn't even reply back to me just because I don't really have, like, much going on for me, you know? So it's it's just been kind of like a wake-up call to get, get up back up there. Yep. That is really interesting. And 
you know, I, I think with anything, even outside of music in most industries, you know, an entire branding change is going to come with some consequences. Um, but, you know, Danny, when did you change to my bad? Because I, I know that you and I met around like the end of 2018, early 2019. Like, was that pretty close to when you changed over to my bad? Um, yes, I think it happened around 2017. So um, I was talking to Brills, who goes by um, LS Dream now. And he, I reached out to him to collab and he liked the song. So we linked up in the studio and I kind of felt like that was the perfect time for me to launch my new project with a collab with Brills. So I just kind of um, started brainstorming some names with my manager at the time and um, figured like this would be the perfect time. Cause at the time, like when I was uh, in the studio with him, I had also collabs with like Yoltron and Grizzly. Um, so I felt like it was a really good time for me to just, instead of releasing these on my old alias, just pump it out on my new one and, make people be like who's this guy um but since a couple of those collabs didn't go through it just never really worked out the way i wanted it to and i was gonna actually go completely anonymous and just start everything from zero and um just make people wonder who this was but since those collabs never came out it just never worked out the way i thought it would so well, and, you know, it's, you know, those are like the unexpected things that happen, but, you know, the, it's funny because, you know, you say like a lot of things didn't work out for you, but, you know, like the same day that we met, you and I, and I think Matt, we like hustled down to downtown LA and you played yeah. like a fully packed out show. Yeah, that um, was fun. I remember that. that was like, well, that was like, I guess by the time that we met, probably around a year or so after that you changed your alias. So you know, I guess even though you changed the alias and like you didn't have a lot of um, a lot a lot of fans from the previous name, you know, you were still able to within a year kind of get to a point where you're able to play a show of that magnitude. Um, you know, how were you able to do that? Because you know, I, I forget what promoter that was through, but I know that you came on and a few other people came on. I actually think. Um, Austin, I think he goes with uh, Twisted Zoo now. He, uh, we actually just had him on uh, the last time we did our podcasts, um, and he came on like right after you. So I was just curious how yeah. you kind of came about to uh, play a show like that. Um, so the promoters that that show through was are called Wasted Presents, and right, um, right. one of the owners used to put me on when I was Tempest, like in 2016. He would just put me on on every show because. I just like started showing interest to him before I moved out to LA because I saw he was throwing up these like underground dubstep shows. So I just threw in my name and started hitting him up on Facebook. And we're actually like really close friends right now, still to this day. Um, but he would just give me these crazy opportunities. He's like, you want to open up for like Barely Live? You want to open up for all these guys? I was like, sure. Like, what, like, what do I have to do? And he's like, you don't have to do anything. Just, just like bring some fans and play a good set. So I played maybe like, five to six shows. I even headlined a couple of shows with him when he was doing his own company. And then um, that just kind of built this relationship where I was able to, um, I was able to nab that prime headliner spot, that show that you shot for me. Um, mm. And I didn't have to play like a certain, I didn't have to, so it was called Rhythm Attacks, but I didn't have to play Rhythm. He specifically told me to play like 
fast paced, like heavy dubstep. So I didn't have to play rhythm and I felt like that really woke the crowd up and got them going. Cause I don't know if you saw, but when we were there, the crowd was kind of just like chilling, vibing. And then I don't want, I don't want to sound like cocky or anything, but like when I hopped on, it was just like, I felt like the whole place like changed into a whole different thing. Oh yeah, bro. It was, it was so bumping was, for sure. That was sure. a really fun night for sure. But yeah, it was just like, I used to um, have residencies in like Denver and San Diego. So I just told him that when I moved to LA and he was just like, all right, I'll put you on here. And then that's how I gained a residency with him. And he would just put me on every show that he threw, just opening slot or direct support or whatever. So. Gotcha. Yeah, that's sweet. And that's, you know, that's, that's one of the themes that we kind of find a lot during these podcasts is it's really not about the skill or the level of fans that you have at the end of the day. It's like about who, you know, and of course having more fans and having better skill is going to get you a little bit further, but you know, if you want to get somewhere, a good place to start is with somebody that, you know, exactly. Yep. Yeah. This, uh, this uh, industry is like, I believe the term is called like nepotism. It's like, who you know is like how you're gonna get places yeah um and i've and i've found that to be very true um if you want to get like an official remix it's usually if you're friends with the person who made the song mm-hmm. if you want to get like your song signed to a label it's most likely because your manager or somebody you very close to is somebody with an a and r in the label like mm-hmm. everything is just like who you know like labels finding and signing people who they don't know is like super rare these days like i I don't think labels even do that anymore. It's all based on literally like who they know and who you know. So I feel like that's the only way to get through this industry, making good connections and building relationships. Yeah. At least to start. How how would you say like you approach building connections with people? Um, Honestly, when I was Tempest, I got like 99% of my bookings through, um, Facebook Messenger. So I would literally just find out who's throwing the event and then I would look up that name. And then like, obviously because people like to put their stuff in their Facebook about info section, it would say like CEO or like um, talent buyer or whatever at this company. So I would just find their personal Facebook profile and I would just like literally spam them. Like not even, there's no remorse. I would just spam them like, like, (laughs) yo, what's going on guys? my name is blah, blah, blah. I have this track. I have this mix. Like I can play a show for you guys. And 99% of the time it worked. Like they would reply back and be like, Oh, cool. Like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah on this day. And then just keeping in touch with them after that. And just being really thankful that they actually gave me a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I got literally like 99% of my shows, just reaching out to people on Facebook messenger is crazy. But Oh yeah. Uh, so I kind of want to switch the gears here a little bit and I want to go over to your, your new EP that you came out with pretty recently. Um, I just kind of walk us through the steps of developing and then releasing that EP. Uh, you know, a lot of people, especially when they're relatively new, don't necessarily know how to go about that. Um, so, yeah. you know, coming from somebody that just did it, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so uh, this is the first EP I've ever released. Um, So I kind of wanted to make it special. And a thing that I 
did with my Tempest project was that I made sure that every single one of my original songs had like a vocalist or a feature. So I kind of adapted that to my new alias. So um, every single one of my original songs have a vocalist 100%. Um, so with this EP, I kind of just started, I really started listening to a lot of Millennium and then he inspired me to kind of take, like kind of branch out of my uh, comfort zone and try and make something new. So that's why I created kind of like a melodic bass EP because I've always loved um, melodic feature bass and stuff like that. So I um, started like just crafting a couple tracks together and then I figured I need to get like some top of the line vocalists here. So um, the title track of the EP, I actually found her through Instagram um, stories. Like my friend posted her on a, on his Instagram story and I just like reached out to him. And I was like, who is that? Like she has like 300 followers. Her voice is so good. And then um, we just linked up in the studio like literally the day after and just finished the track. Um, right then and there and then for the rest of the three tracks it was literally the same process like I just reached out to people and then was like what are you doing tomorrow we just went to the same studio recorded it boom that song was done and then um, did that three more times and then the whole the whole EP was done um, I know it sounds like super simple and like cut and dry but it really wasn't it was so much like back and forth and brainstorming ideas on like the lyrics and the writing and how we wanted it to flow but um Damn. yeah it just was like one day in the studio like eight hours boom track's done I don't even have to worry about it like I like it how much it is um I just made sure that the vocalist was actually uh, as happy as it with it too and then I would just put that away and not even have to worry about it and then just started working on the next one and then um as far as the EP releasing I just reached out I was actually going to release it uh, just through my own on DistroKid. But the day before I was going to upload it to DistroKid, I actually just reached out to my friend at uh, Tribal Trap and he got me, and he was like super impressed with the EP and he was like, I can release it in um, May or something. And it was like, I think it was February or March at the time when I finished it. And then I was just like, oh man, I don't want to wait that long. And he's like, you know what? Uh, actually, I can put you on for March 20th, which was like two or three weeks when we were talking. So I was like, all right, that's better. And then, so I just signed the contract and um, released the EP with them. And I'm glad I did, cause those guys are really cool. They pushed my song super hard on like Spotify. So it got a hundred thousand plays in literally like less than a month. So I was super happy about that because Spotify is super hard to uh, break out on for sure. But yeah, yeah that's, that was pretty much it. Like. Super like super like super I would cool. like to remind everyone, every day on Spotify there are forty thousand new songs released, yeah, and people like to tough. think that their song is going to blow up. <laughs> people have to remember that you got to make something unique. You got to have a great plan. You got to have a great team behind it, and you got to know what you're doing. You can't just throw it at the wall and hope it sticks. Yep, that's that's exactly what I was gonna do. I was just gonna throw it throw it at the wall and hope it sticks. But I knew I knew I needed something else if I wanted to actually like get it out there and i'm lucky because um tribal trap the label that i released with they had really good connections with a bunch of youtube channels so i got um a lot of my songs uploaded on these like 1 million plus subscriber channels that i would have never have gotten my chance to show them my music to so i'm really grateful for that hell yeah 
Oh, Nick, I thought you were going going with something. All right. Yeah. Well, let's let's switch gears a little <laughs> bit again. Um, so a lot of the times, especially in the EDM industry, um, you know, sometimes people start as a DJ. Some people start as producers and then they work their way to the other end of that spectrum. Um, for you, what was that kind of like? You know, which which side of that spectrum did you start on or was it kind of a mix? Um, I think I played my first DJ set when I was 15 or 16 years old. Um, it was like, um, it was when I used to live in Denver at the time. But I think I was messing around in FL Studio before then. So I want to say I started off as a producer first. But once I started DJing more regularly, I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So I, then I switched my focus over to uh, production more heavily because I knew that I couldn't get anywhere with just DJing. So that's when I really hunkered down. That's when in high school, that's when I just started watching a bunch of YouTube videos and saying no to hanging out with my friends and stuff. I just literally would nerd out in my bedroom all day and night and just watch YouTube videos and replicate everything they did. And that's, that's where I started literally just watching YouTube videos and copying them. Um, and then as, as I started pumping out more tracks, that's when the DJ gig started coming in. So I just realized like, this is like what I need to do if I want to start DJing more, I just need to make more music. So I was kind of like, um, like a kick in the, kick in the, um, what's the term? Um, like a kick in the ass or like, yeah, this is like a kick in the <laughs> ass, like a wake up call. Like, okay, yeah. if I want to actually like be serious with this, I need to make more music and get better at this because I'm not just going to be that guy who's a local DJ who only plays like locally, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what, that's how I started off. And I think that's <clears> kind <throat> of the, you know, I think both of those, um, both of those features, you know, producing and DJing, that's how they complement each other. And I think, um, artists in the EDM community are situated a lot more nicely compared to other genres, just because a lot of the time the DJs can have that flexibility to where they can do both and then complement th themselves off of those. So, you know, you exactly. can show up, you can show up to a show and you can play popular bangers from like Elenium and Excision, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, throughout you can mix your own music in and then people are going to be like, Oh shit, what's the idea on that? And then, you're going to find your music through your set um, from where you're playing other people's music. And that's, I think that's a reason why one, the EDM community is so large as it is, but also because of that benefit, it's also become very saturated. Um, so that leads me to my next question is, you know, how, oh, yeah. do you deal, sure. how do you deal with that like saturation of the EDM community? You know, that's a topic I've actually been, um topic i've been like deep into for a while now because every day i go on soundcloud i hear somebody new who's already like as good as most people are at producing but like you've never heard of them they only have like 200 followers um i think the saturation of edm came from sample pack and project file releasing so I used to work for a company called um, Cymatics back in 2016 or 2017. And what they wanted me and all my friends to do was to pretty much recreate and rip off all these popular trap songs that just came out. And then they would just release the project files along with all like the samples and stuff that we made. And mm -hmm. I feel like because of that, it kind of gave people 
it just gave people like the cheat sheet, you know, like they didn't have to learn how to do all this by themselves. They just would literally take the project file, download it, put it into their own computer and then just replace the samples and stuff. So I think because of the wide usage of samples and project files out there, it just kind of created this huge, like everybody just became an overnight producer, just like instantly. They didn't have to grind for it. They didn't have to release like 20 shitty songs before they actually made one good one. It was just, they just released one good song right off the rip and suddenly, boom, the industry is saturated. You already have like 20 people who sound the same, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. So I think that's I think that's where it really started getting saturated. And that's when I noticed at the same time, SoundCloud started um, shitting the bed. Um, Spotify was getting bigger. So like I used to go on SoundCloud and release a song and it would get like 10,000 plays in like a couple of days. Now it's like hard to get 10,000 plays in like a month. Um, just because I feel like so many people release so many songs every day and there's so many new artists out there. And then not to mention like the repost chains that exist. Um, so it's really hard to find like new genuine music because you just have to like kind of wade through all like the super generic bullshit that people just put no effort or no learning into and just kind of put out because they had like quote unquote like a cheat sheet or like a project file or stems or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah it's it's pretty complicated and you know it's only going to continue to get more complicated as time goes on um you know we're already seeing huge shifts in the music industry away from labels and more into the independent side because of things like this um which can be a blessing and for some people who are primarily attached to labels can be a curse um i mean but that's going, okay. going off of that quick like i know like today my release radar there was a remix of Roxanne that popped up and I will tell you right now it was not an official remix of Roxanne <laughs> I gave it two days until that song is gone taken but, down yeah yeah but that's the thing about these about where we're getting into the music industry now where it is very easy to be an artist not a good artist but it is very easy to be a music artist now exactly um and it's very it's starting to get very cluttered like i said there's forty thousand songs a day distributed to spotify how many of those do you actually add to your playlist maybe like three or four a week yep you know so yeah well looks like we're starting to run out of time here we got about six minutes left so Danny, I just want to kind of end on you just letting the people listening know what you've got coming out soon. Uh, anything that you're excited for, anything in the future that you're looking forward to, and then kind of let us know where to find you on social media. Gotcha. Uh, so probably my biggest, like most hype song that uh, I'm working on right now is a collab with Arius and a couple of vocalists that we just um, found and together it's finally coming along uh, that's gonna be coming out here they want to put it out pretty soon but I'm not too sure when the exact release date is because we're not finished with it but me and uh, Arias were super hyped about that song it's like kind of like a feature bass pop guitar melody kind of song um, so that's one I'm really happy about I got another collab with Arias that's already finished um, we're just looking for a release date I believe they just want to hold off on releasing it because of the whole corona stuff like i don't think releasing yeah. tracks in this time is really 
viable, I guess, because it's not going to really do anything for you touring and show wise. So it's kind of, I don't, I, I don't know. I've never been in this situation before with this whole Corona situation. So it's kind of hard to say, but in my opinion, I don't think it's a good idea to release songs or EPs right now until shows start coming back up because mm -hmm. it'll just get washed away by next week's releases and next month's EPs. Um, but other than that, yeah, then I have um, a couple. I just finished up this original last night that I'm really stoked about. I finally broke my writer's block, so I'm really happy about that one. Um, I'm searching for a vocalist right now. I feel like that's the hardest part of music making is definitely finding a good vocalist that you um, you envision on the track. And um, I'm working on a couple collabs with... Um, I actually don't know if I can say it because she hasn't... <laughs> done anything officially to it but she's agreed to work on it but i'm just gonna keep it at that um yeah, she's a pretty big that. she's a pretty big dj for sure that's blown up very recently um and i'm just i'm just grinding on just making what i want to make so i just don't even have to be pigeonholed into making what i'm expected to make i can just open up ableton and boom i can just make whatever i want i love it oh yeah i don't have to don't have to be also um don't have to like create what people want like they they expect so i don't have to like conform to their their beliefs i guess i can just make whatever and be happy with it put it out and hope they like it so i really like the freedom of creativity there and um yeah i'm just just honestly trying to get my name back out there so i'm just pumping out originals and bootleg remixes here and there i always um uh, a big thing that I, I feel like a, a lot of my fans came from are my bootleg remixes that I find like leaked versions of the original song online before they come out. So I have like kind of like a jump start before everybody else and I'll just start making a remix from there. And I feel like like five of my biggest songs were just bootleg remixes that I found online before they came out and I just instantly hopped on it and just started making a track. As soon as the song actually comes out, I just released it on SoundCloud and just ride off of their Spotify and SoundCloud plays. So it just comes off on onto the bootleg remix. Um, so I just I always keep my eye out for what songs I think are gonna pop off and just try to do that. Um, but yeah, otherwise than that, I'm just trying to keep busy and keep making new stuff every day and. Um, yeah, hope, maybe I'll put together another EP here pretty soon. Um, start working on it, but probably won't come out till like next year because I don't want it to come out during these times right now. Right, so I'll probably right. start grinding towards that right now. Honestly, it's, that sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Cool, man. Well, uh, Nick, do you want to close it out for us? Hell yeah, as always. So uh, yeah, man. I mean, thank you, thank you again for hopping on. It was awesome conversation. Like always, I hope anyone listening got something out of this. Um, and with less than a minute left, I'm going to keep this super quick. Thank you again. If you like it, give it a review. Give it a five-star review. Like I said, Christian will show up to your house with a gift basket if you give it a review. <laughs> so, and if he doesn't show up, uh, he lives in Texas, I swear. You can totally uh, find him. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, he lives in uh, Missouri. Um, all right, everyone, have a good day. We will be back next week with Artist to Artist Podcast. Breathe.